0: Welcome to Poemify Podcast, the poetry and art talk show, where we celebrate the beauty and diversity of African art. Our show features interviews with African artists, poets, and other creatives who draw inspiration from the rich cultural heritage of Africa. In each episode our host engages in a lively discussion with our guests delving into the inspiration behind their arts the cultural significance of african work and the role of poetry and arts in promoting and preserving african culture so if you're a lover of arts poetry or african culture tune into our podcast today and join us on this exciting journey of discovery and creativity once again Welcome to pointify Podcasts. Hi. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hello, Atosin. Yes. Am I audible enough? Yes, you are. Loud and clear. Okay. okay, good to hear. Yeah, peace. Sorry for the delay. It's okay. Thank you very We're ready to start. Yes, are I am ready? so excited. <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. Yeah. all right, so let's get into it then. All right. Hello. Good to have you here. Peace on Pomify podcast. I am so happy to have you on today's episode. So for those who don't know whom you are, can you just give a brief introduction? Who are you? Oh, thank you so much for having me on this um, podcast today. Hello, I'm really elated to be here. Hello, everyone. that can hear the sound of my voice. You are listening to Seke Peace Ruben. Farm so mm-hmm. driven I am a pharmacist, a brilliant author of one published book and one ebook. I am a writing coach and um a social entrepreneur. So yeah. Wow. Nice to meet you. Nice to know what you do. That's a whole lot. A pharmacist. Wow. Yeah, a writer, cool. a coach. What, yeah. You really have a lot your handling (laughs) and for a lady i really do admire that oh thank you so much motivating thanks so much all right so the first question can you tell us about your journey as a non-fiction author what inspired you to start writing and how did you develop your craft over time yeah johnny you know what they always say that the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first yes. step. So yes. I I've always had a flair for writing. As a matter of fact, um, as far back as my gs two, I think I was around ten or so, I had like I was I realized that I had this I had this very strong thing for reading. For reading and for expressing, for trying to express my ideas, so I I can be very imaginative. I have this very um, versatile imagination. So, as far back as just two, I used to have this storybook, so to speak, where I would write and write and write. You know, pen and paper, and then I would get my exercise book going around the class, so everybody wants to read the story every week every month i are looking forward to the next story sometimes the book will get missing but what did i care i'll just go ahead and keep writing so that continued through secondary school so i was even fortunate to have won a couple of essay contests and all of that finalist in essay competitions yeah but i consciously eventually i left secondary school and i went into the university uh, Mm -hmm. shortly after and I realized that I got more knowledge. I realized that I wanted to become an author, okay. so that, that that has been like a big dream for me. But you don't know how to go about it because I do not exactly have role models and mentors like that could actually guide me through the path. So I I told the self self thoughts path pathway mm-hmm. for quite some time before I got more knowledge and in the midst of the lockdown. So yeah. because I was doing a medical course, I did not exactly have so much time, but I still paid attention. I was still writing. I was still trying to flex my creative muscles. But um, in the course of the lockdown, that was when I got opened up to write, book writing, you know, getting trained. So before mm-hmm. now, I did not even know writers get trained, you know, I, they were training and all of that. But in the course of the lockdown, know i got more involved digitally and i got to know about all that and yes i jumped on it so in 2020 i had my first official writing training I, I registered for one of those trainings with a coach and eventually i realized that apart from learning i knew so much that i could also teach other people so i got mm-hmm. into um, the writing coaching thing where i would you know still virtual and how i talking about okay so how that, that how my it. yes, yes. That's it. wow thank you so much that's quite inspiring having to juggle mm-hmm. up reading like like a pharmacist and writing yeah. like it's a whole lot because ah you have to think of a lot of things say uh, wow I give you your flowers you deserve them <laughs> I, i've always believed that um, going to school like education is not just about class in fact for me the activities beyond the classroom exactly. count, counted more so i made sure mm. i was still acing my grades in class i decided not to be left out with other things my other interests so i really got involved and i'm glad that i was also surrounded with people who thought the same way and also um encouraged me to Go, go for my thing. Yes, yeah. I'm so, so glad you... Took the bold step to pursue what you wanted, despite like okay, you know, you get paid. You know how the Nigerian mentality uh-uh, she nah, yeah. <laughs> line now, you get money, yeah. you don't need to enter everything, you'll be fine for there and all that. <laughs> but then you know, people would have like, shot their dreams or, but it is possible to do two or more things at once as long yeah. as you know what you're doing you are consistent and you're goal driven. And yes. yeah, so yes, you I think it's a matter of priority. Like, exactly. For some people they are just scared that if they get involved with other things, they will get distracted and they would fail, and a whole lot of phobias that do not really exist except in the mind. So this is I usually tell people. I tell them that you see, only when you are lazy you would fail, because if yeah. you're up and doing, if you're the world is proactive, actually, if you're proactive and you know how to set your priority right part time, you'd be able to juggle even a hundred things. At a time, even as an undergraduate, so being mm-hmm. a student is not even an excuse to push your dreams or your other interests because you want to. You can still be a first class student and end up being amazing. Sports, politics, you know, writing, creativity, yeah. a skill, and all of that. I'm not the only one. We are many, actually. Even in pharmacy school, that we are doing a lot of amazing stuff besides reading a medical related um, course, you know wow this warms my heart it really does, it does. <laughs> okay um so the nigerian literature has a rich history and has produced renowned authors so how do you see your work contributing to these literary traditions and what themes and aspects of nigerian culture do you explore in your writing okay yes yeah, so it is no news that we are currently like in the post-pandemic era that mm. really changed the face the face of the economy, and then we slowly moved from the traditional, conventional buying and selling physical exchange economy to the digital economy. So that is what I am more about. So I believe really, I've done my research and been having been a beneficiary of it. So I, that is where I have to pitch my tent in the mm-hmm. digital economy so that's where my, my work is my work um, revolves around the digital economy but before then i said yes Nigerian authors are well remember i said i started off reading a lot and before i even started you know trying to find the expression too because i was inspired so yes, i i my dad my dad is in the um um, discipline or the art build so he used to have a lot of books like a wide collection of Nigerian authors from his generation so growing up I read works a lot of works by Wole Soinka I read from um, Chinua Achebe I read um, thoughts about Spartans and Greece and all of those very beautiful histories the gods and all of those so i i think i have a background a multicultural background i I was inspired by multicultural backgrounds and the writing style how they are being engaged even though i did not end up basing in fiction i still Mm -hmm. to a large extent i still incorporate storytelling into even my non-fiction works and just gets no engaging or i get the same amount of engagement all right even in my non-fiction um, art of writing so I feel like I know that my works both the one that has been published and the ones to come would contribute largely to the digital economy that is knowledge based so I, I don't just write because I'm writing to feel good but I write so that people can actually be inspired they can be transformed and they could actually translate that knowledge into profits yes exactly yeah. So the the title of my book is "How to Host Profitable Virtual Events: A Twelve-Step Blueprint for Impact, Profits, and Income." It's just about the digital economy and how it can be maximized. So I, even as people are still trying to ease into the reality of social media and all of that, you know a few years ago my mom would always be like you're always pressing your phone stop 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 pressing your phone don't go and fail in school oh. every time they press phone, i saw you they press so oh. you know they read for that from us in school where you day yeah. <laughs> yes so uh, many people do not understand these things but my work and so many and that of so many other young nigerians is trying like we are trying to contribute to how we can actually enlighten and inform people that yes there are benefits in the digital economy and apart from just chatting and trying to show off you can actually use the social media and other digital platforms to share knowledge to build a personal brand and to make money while at it okay Thank you yeah. so much, yes. So, could you share your creative process when crafting a new work of nonfiction? How do you develop your characters, your plots, your setting? And are there any particular rituals or techniques you employ to enhance your storytelling? Yes, yes, yes. So, I'm going to summarize this. It's a whole lot, but... You know, I am a writing coach, so mm. there's a style. So <laughs> there's a style I usually in fact there are several styles I I can be versatile because in fact that's what works in this day because you can't just stick to one thing at all times and expect a different result. So you try different things to you know, try to real well, and get a different result. Basically, for my creative process, I use the Toasi process. Toasi, I'm going mm. to explain that. So, the T there, it always is spelled your normal T O W E R U and a hyphen C. It's an acronym for T, T is for think. Okay. So, when I get inspired, all right, when I receive inspiration for something, meanwhile, my inspiration could come from different sources. It could just be off a paragraph in a book I'm reading, it could just be a Eureka moment, it could just be me walking on the road and, you know, The events and incidents and something just sparks up in my head. So one of the first things I do is to jot down. So back to T, T for think. When I'm inspired by something or I want to, you know, I want to express, find an expression for a subject matter, I think T for think. I think deeply about it. I try to see, try to look for experiences, try to connect the dots based on what I already know. So in that process so most times I, I prefer to think on paper whether it's actually, whether it's an actual pen and paper or my digital notepad, especially when I'm on the go. I just try to think as it is coming. I just, you know jots, jots, jot I don't try to edit or anything. I just do a brain dump. So mm. um, the next one is oh organize. So after, you know trying to bring up those thoughts and um you know doing that brain dump i come back to those ideas and try to do the sorting organize them outline like form an outline so mm-hmm. i can know exactly what what is necessary for this piece and what i should discard mm-hmm. then w is right this is the point where i start to flesh out those ideas try to you know form sentences form paragraphs out of those um out of my outline right it's more Mm -hmm. like adding flesh so at this point too, this is where if i want to do research i also add up i do my research and add up those facts you know of course i have to give credit to whatever sources i'm getting it from i always Mm -hmm. do that to avoid plagiarism because i strongly detest plagiarism so i also try not to right do what i would not encourage other people other mm. so i just write i flesh out my work develop them into like just give them give it give it substance so to speak yeah so now that's t-o-w mm-hmm. next is e edit. so one of the things i try to do even though these days sometimes you know on your toes kind of demand can make you want to write and edit When I'm like, say, I'm trying to do, like, write out, say I'm writing a book, for example, I'm writing Mm -hmm. content for my trainings, I don't, I don't write and edit. So I just write as much as, so that I don't interrupt my creative flow. I just try to Mm -hmm. write and write and write and write as much as I can. Then I come back, I take a break, come back to do the editing. Now, sometimes the editing is even more tedious than the writing, because... (laughs) Having built a level of credibility, you just have to stick to that standard that you've created mm-hmm. or raised for yourself. Of course, you're not the only one people are reading from. So even if your writers do not are not, so most of them are not like trained formally, they can always yeah. spot this, they always know when something is missing, whether it's grammar, it's spelling. They might not be able to be specific to issue it albums based on intuition. You just know that something is missing somewhere they might not be able to correct it though that one day but see that feeling that something is missing I mean, they keep getting it every now and then you just lose your credibility and all the things i missing. Mm. so i try to take my time my editing apart from manual editing i also use tools like grammarly and all of that all right grammarly mm. and um yeah, so there are some other features on my phone that I could you know when I put all my data. It could auto-spot, uh, like on Google Docs, could spot some errors and help you, you know, as pointers, so you could make your corrections and all of that. So after editing, um, I Aru is for revising. Revising is like proofreading. So you've done your editing, you're just coming back to ensure that everything is in order. So if there's any adjustment you need to make, so even like, at this stage of proofreading, so this is where um, I can also involve like a third party, like a teammate or someone I trust their judgment, all right, that can actually give me constructive feedback on what I've done. So I, I, after revising, I know that I'm good to go. After revising, I just get everything together. I know that I'm ready to publish. So that's hyphen and C. C is for conversion. So basically, you know, um, any form of well, we have four major kinds of content um, text audio then there is video and then um, graphics and all of that so it's after you've gotten your um, script right you can now convert so after going through the towa process to get my script ready i can now go ahead to convert it so whether i want to use publish as text or i want to publish in an audio format like do a recording while you know reading through or I want to, you know, convert and make a video out of that content. So that's how it is for me. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much. I learned something, the Tarsi. Mm-hmm. I never knew that that yeah. was something. I never knew. So thank you for simplifying it for us. I've been yeah. <laughs> that, <but I'm laughs> my pen and my book here. <laughs> give me two? I'll be like, ah, let me try the Tarsi technique. Yeah actually it's, it's it's something that anybody can jump on even if you are like a newbie if mm. you master this if you master this process you're good to go because a lot of people just mix things up which doesn't have to be complicated see writing is not something that people that is meant for probably some people that are supposed to fall falling fall from the sky anybody mm. if, if we should all be writers because we all communicate so writing is an essential skill every and anyone should actually take up so they can communicate their ideas and all of that it's not something that you know it's not as difficult as people tend to paint it Mm -hmm. actually although it's obvious that some people are better at it than others but that's Mm -hmm. because of the level of practice that they've invested into it Mm -hmm. if you ask me yes okay so what challenges if any have you faced as a nigerian non-fiction writer are there any challenges you faced as a nigerian non-fiction writer yes yes (laughs) so it's easy for sometimes you you just have to put in more energy into crafting your pieces than someone who is you doing fiction so it's a general thing that people get more captivated or easily captivated right to read to the end to want to continue with Mm. fictional pieces than non-fiction pieces because you know most times which is wrong people feel like non-fiction should just you know be academic based but it's always true so mm. uh, one of the challenges is getting people to getting more people to engage like probably to the end so mm. like you have to put in more energy to make sure that it's actually value loaded for people to want to pay attention ah mm. uh, yes and get like it has to be vibrant. even if you're writing permit me to say even if you're writing something that is not like, because it's a story, even if it's not valuable in quotes, because it's a story, people will tend to gravitate more towards that. So that's a challenge, right? Because it costs you to have to spend more time, all right? Investing more time, more energy. Um, yes, yeah, so basically that's the challenge. Another challenge for me is um, power. So, because for me, I employ both traditional and digital um, tools for my processes. And, you know, there's this power challenge. Every now and then, you're trying Mm. to... (laughs) Every now and then, you're, you know, looking for power. You're trying to charge your devices. Mm. And (coughs) sometimes, if if Mm. you want to subscribe... (coughs) Excuse me, Mm. Sometimes payment (coughs) trying to subscribe for services, no, they're trying to tell you like your payments cannot even go through and all of that. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's it. All right. Okay, so thank you for sharing the challenges. So have how have you navigated this um the issues? like in non-fiction writing such as publishing looking to a wider audience finding recognition especially as a non-fiction writer yes um my number one my number one plan always is consistency so First of all, you just have to be consistent to your message. If I begin to having a message, so you don't just write and write amiss, So you have to have a message first, even if it's like even if you're expressing true nonfiction, you need to have a message and then stay consistent with that message. Yeah, it's possible that you would evolve over time, introduce new stuff, but you just have to stay consistent not today you're talking about digital economy, tomorrow you're talking about politics, next tomorrow mm-hmm. you're talking about sports. People will take you seriously. Or if you're able mm-hmm. to write, plant yourself in a particular yeah. industry, se, Yeah, in a niche, and then you stay consistent and then you always deliver value. All the ways um uh, then yes i also infuse storytelling into my non fictional pieces to, mm-hmm. to improve its engagement so in as much as i write non-fiction i also use story storytelling devices all right and other literary devices that would help to you know make the make my pieces more engaging when mm. we talking about publicity that's why it's important to have a team because especially when you're starting out and people do not exactly know you yet or like your KLT factor is not as strong but you're still building your KLT factor. KLT is being known, liked and trusted. It can mm-hmm. be a bit difficult because especially when you're publishing on your social media, I feel like ah, uh, people are not exactly not following me, people are not engaging. But you'll be, uh, you just have to stay consistent because you'll just be surprised that when it's time right when it's your time and the spotlight mm-hmm. comes on you you'll be amazed at how much people have actually been listening so that's why you don't have to get discouraged you just have to keep at it so uh, having a team helps to publicity because it begins with having people who believe in you and what you do and they mm-hmm. trust you enough to you know start helping you put word about about your work out there and even Probably referring you to persons who need your services or who would need your expertise. So mm. that's the one where I navigate the publicity challenge. I start with a team of people who trust me then. When a group of people keep you know, putting out stuff, like, it's more like they're always calling attention. People will actually start listening. And when they come in and find out you're doing amazing stuff, it's natural and they you know, want to reciprocate. I'll also pull word out for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. So the next question: how important do you believe it is for Nigerian nonfiction to reflect and address social and political issues? Yes, it's, it's very important. So I said writing is a form of communication, so in, in addition to having really amazing public speakers who are out there putting out, you know, their faces and speaking against of, you no know, activism and all of that, it's also important that even through writing, right, right, non-fiction, both fiction and non-fiction, uh, people also learn their voices, all right, so I, I feel like this where they say people do not read or Africans don't read is a big misconception because I know a lot of people that read like we read a lot we read a whole lot so it's important that people are also educated you know get to know more about their rights get to know how they can political participation get to know more about how they can you know lend learn their or uh, contribute their own quota, quota of support in creating a better society you know mm. through social responsibility programs and volunteering and all of that you know carrying out your civic responsibilities all of that yes writing can contribute to all of that development so i i, I strongly believe it's important that we all learn that uh, non-fiction can also be used as an expression to address those issues of course mm-hmm. you have people who are doing that already mm-hmm. right so our newspaper columns all right our e e e blogs our blogs and all of that and these people are not necessarily storytellers but they have large followings all right mm-hmm. and they still lend their voice on these issues and people are guided are uh, uh, right mm-hmm. Thank you. So in what ways does your work engage with these aspects of the society? That's the social and political issues. In what way do you see your work engaging? Okay, so um closely connected to my brand, Spice, is an organization, Elevate Africa, where we don't we do not just elevate Africa, we, we are trying to contribute our quota of helping young people in the society especially those in high schools and with time we we'll move on to undergraduates to so want to build want to bridge the gap between learning in the classroom and building life and character skills so one of the things mm-hmm. we do is to we, we write all right? we write and our uh, 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 writings are mostly education based so i use non-fiction through this channel to speak up about education and how young people can actually maximize their stay or can, right, can find direction, can begin to find direction and contribute their quota to economic growth right from high, high school. They don't have to wait till they've graduated from the university. No, you can start finding direction. I strongly believe, because I found direction right from high school, I believe mm. I, I can use that experience to also guide other people and encourage them uh, education is important as well as but while you while you are at it it's also important if you can build up your life skills and character skills you know all of that mm. oh, that's nice that's nice okay so i know you mentioned earlier willie like going through his works and, and all but are there other specific nigerian authors or literary figures who have influenced your writing style or approach to non-fiction storytelling have have this perspective as a non-fiction writer yes um uh, someone that's really inspired me i have a couple of them so on that aspect i'm also interested in is entrepreneurship and for that um, the likes of akin alabi the mm. author of small business big money and how to sell to nigerians that man is good mm. like how how infuses storytelling into like business storytelling with non-fiction and then the message is passed across in the simplest most engaging way possible like it, it's really beautiful another mm. person in the writing industry has been an inspiration for me is Emeka novice yes. and then Enosam. So these are all Nigerians, Africans doing amazing things. Moving over to someone that has also influenced me, or I love to read her, is our beloved Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Oh, she's she's an amazing, amazing, amazing personality. So these are some persons that have really contributed to, you know, a writing style because I, I just love their values. I love that they can still speak up, right? Strictly address certain issues and then it is true writing. And you can still like, be as engaging as someone who would want to use another format of, you know, this expression. Amen. Yes, thank you so much all right so the next question um the portrayal of women gender dynamics and female feminism has been a current theme in the nigerian literature so how do you incorporate these themes into your own work and what messages or discussions do you hope to spark through your non-fiction writing yeah um actually as much as possible i try to I try to keep my feminism opinion to myself because I feel like that word feminist, feminism, whole movement has been bastardized in Nigeria mm. because it's more like it's more of uh, a gender war than the real intent of what feminism is supposed to stand for <laughs> because mm. it's, look, in the Nigerian context, feminism is about is uh, generally engenders. Like, it, it revolves around conversation of probably in a marriage, for example. But that's the most common place where this whole thing is really sparked. Who should take care of children? Who should pay bills and all of that? But that's really not what feminism is about. I think feminism is about encouraging women to break gra- glass ceilings. Mm. In- it's more like trying to encourage women to, you know, for sure... Their ambitions and be the best they can be, get to the top as much as they want to. And not mm. really about who should be paying bills, who should take care of the children, who should be a nanny, who should wash plates, and all of those very unnecessary conversations. <laughs> but I, I personally, I love to see women excel. Mm. I really, I, I, I love to see women. Ex- of course, as, as I am also put for- to become one of those women. I love the fact that we have um likes of our mama, um, Okonji, we are like, ungozi okoji we are like doing very amazing stuff even at the international levels. Uh, we also have like Ungozi um, Chimamanda Adichie. recently we have um, Toby Amusan even our most recent Um, kukatin queen Hilda Hilda Bassey women daring stuff and you know doing a lot of things inspiring other women, inspiring change not just in in their families or in their localities but around the world so in times to come I hope to be able to actually spark up those conversations where I am encouraging women to become more and do more so Currently, my works do not really gravitate towards a particular gender. Mm. I write I'm writing to everyone because I believe that if a man can read this and run with the application and, you know, make success out of it. A lady can as well do that. So I don't try to, you know, uh, spoon feed one gender. No, I yeah. write to everyone. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you so much all right so what do you hope your what do you hope readers will take away from your stories are there any particular emotions ideas messages you aim to convey through your non-fiction writings yes okay all right, all right. so i earlier said i i write around the digital economy yes all right so people so i strongly i have a picture of the fact that You can actually create impact, make profits. You can actually create impact, um, influence, and then make profits from the digital economy by utilizing your skill sets. Yes, by utilizing your skill sets. So these skills do not just have to be soft skills, could also be expert skills, and what you're doing. To just be able to find the thin line where um, the digital economy meets whatever it is you're up to and then you're able to spread word so it's like you're doing something amazing in your corner and you're able to amplify your work mm. in the digital economy thereby attracting, all right, attracting attention the brand and creating impact, building influence and then you make money while at it Okay, thank you. It doesn't so even matter the industry. What, whatever industry you're in can actually maximize distance. right All right, thank you. So, are there any aspirations or goals as a Nigerian non-fiction writer? And what advice do you have for upcoming or wannabe non-fiction writers? Yes, my aspiration is to be read internationally. I want to be a global in the coming years, I want to see myself as a global best-selling author. All right? And I believe, I strongly believe it's possible. Like I said, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a step. And because I have started this journey, I know I'm going to finish strong and get to the end where I'm aspiring to be. Um, could you repeat, repeat the question? Sorry, so I could get the other but... Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Any aspiration or goals as an Nigerian fiction writer, and what advice you have for other writers, please? Nigerian writers, people, Nigerian writers. Okay. So my advice. Mm-hmm. Advice is be prepared first. You don't just jump into the public because you feel like like I, I think I mentioned earlier that I had a flare but that did not stop me from reading, from training. I have invested so much in books, in trainings, in volunteering to actually be great at what I do. I I do do stuff and people are like, wow, that's amazing. So I had my preparation phase. So my advice Mm -hmm. is that you should be diligent even when you're preparing. It's good to want to, you know, it's good to want to go out there and, you know, put yourself out there, put your work out there, but I also advocate for whatever is worth doing is worth doing well. So should actually take your time. Like there's it's not a competition. It's not about who who, who puts out a published work or who, who is okay. out there first. It's about being able to build capacity to stay. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. so you should prepare, prepare as much as you can at every opportunity to prepare. Secondly, keep learning. Truth is that we live in a dynamic world that changes inevitable. Mm-hmm. Even as a writer, the tools that we are used even two years ago, some of them are obsolete. Some certain mm-hmm. styles, right, that people used to rave about. It's, you know, things are changing on a daily, mm. a daily basis, so you have to be able to have an open mind that is ready to learn, unlearn and relearn so that mm. you can also, you will not be left behind or you will actually be able to stay ahead and, you know, have an edge even over others. The truth is that when well you have an edge over others that you can actually, and when you're very excellent at what you do, you can stand up and say you want to be a coach. Hmm. For example, one of my aspirations too is to be uh, an author, I want to be that go-to person in addition to just to uh, to go to person for those who want to publish global best-selling books too. So I'm also building up myself in that light. Finally, find yourself in communities that will help you grow. So I mentioned having a team earlier. So in addition to having a team, I am also a member of several writing communities and I'm mm-hmm. still uh, building myself to be part of even more exclusive ones where there are people doing real stuff and you know, excelling at what they do, young people by the mm-hmm. way. So these are ways that you could, or these are. Or this is my advice to upcoming persons. Be prepared, be open-minded mm-hmm. to learn unlearn and relearn because we live in a in an evolving dynamic world and also Mm. belong to communities community Mm. is always important these are people that will actually carry you along to help Mm. you know what all right so you don't build in isolation actually in a community Yes, thank you so much. So, you've all heard no man is an island of himself. Even if you have the flare to write, please find a community to build yeah. you up. To, to in turn, you should volunteer, just put yourself out there to learn. Yeah, you can yeah. never ever miss it. And one thing that I take home through this conversation, in this episode is still the TARC. The TAR stands for think, organize, write, edit, revise, and convert. So please yes. find the technique that works for you and be consistent with it and God will see you through. Thank you so much. Peace for your time. Thank you for your advice. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And I the goal and aspiration will pan out perfectly well. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. That's a wrap. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to add this. For those okay. who would like to learn how to improve their writing skills, I have an ebook. book right? Okay. Um, it's titled... It's a series, actually, but Volume okay. 1 will be out in July, this July. It's titled okay. For Every Writer. So for volume one, we'll be exploring the fundamentals of writing. So I feel I see a lot of people, you know, making very silly mistakes. But in this book, we're going to explore the fundamentals and how you can help build yourself from there. You no, know, when you're trying to explore your creative puzzles. So you can get connected to me via my social media handles and you can you know you can get a copy all right so please where can they get the book from can you just tell us your social media handle yes at second on facebook on linkedin uh-huh. yes yeah, then you can connect to me at bit, uh, bit.ly slash connect with uh-huh. on whatsapp, WhatsApp. Uh, thank you so much i hope you got that but if you did not get it can you just please go over The social media handles one more time. Yes, Seke Peace Ruben. Seke is S E K E. Then Peace Mm -hmm. P E A C E. Ruben. Seke Peace Ruben. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Seke. So if you are interested in writing, to know the ropes for every writer should be one book you should get and follow. So please search her up on facebook and linkedin take facebook in, and then connect with her on whatsapp and you would not regret it thank you so much yeah. Peace thank God you, bless you thank you yes. for having me to see do have a one <laughs> you too you too i'm elated to have you on today's episode bye bye all right bye